Hey, could you join with me in welcoming Tara? Oh, thank you. Tara, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that is such a powerful story. Every time I watch it, it just uh, touches me so much. So thank you for being willing to just kind of open up your life to share with the rest of us. And uh, happy Mother's Day Thank you. to you. Uh, so good to have you with us. Thank and you I so know much. that um, your story is gonna uh, touch us and um, really challenge us. I know it challenges me, but it just encourage us regardless of who we are. Um, and so uh, I'd really kind of like to get things kicked off uh, by just hearing a little bit more about your boys. We see just kind of a brief snapshot of them kind of at the very end of that video. But tell us a little bit about your boys. Yeah, this, this is every mom's dream to talk about their kids, right? They're, That's right. They're, um, they're probably squirming in their seat right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so sure I've got are. two boys, Evan and Cole. And Evan is my 16-year-old. He is a sophomore at Westfield High School new driver in the house, so you probably know what that's like. And he's got, uh, them yeah, so, so Evan is a competitive rock climber, and he competes on both the youth circuit and the men's circuit. And so we're actually leaving in three days for the World Cup. So he is gonna be competing against the best of the best that's awesome. in the world, so. And he like, from what I understand, like he climbs that wall in like, what, six seconds? So his PR right now is 5.8 seconds. 5.8 so seconds. Is, yeah. So. It would take me like 20 minutes. Right. right? <laughs> I did try it at one point just to see. It took me a minute and a half, and I still didn't finish. Wow. So, well, that's still it's, pretty impressive. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. Well, that's amazing. So, so, and Evan is, you know, he has like the best characteristics of both Jeff and I. I would say, you know, from me, he gets this, this strength and this drive and this work ethic that is unmatched. Uh -huh. And then from his dad, he is so humble and gentle and has this quiet leadership and really, really proud of him. And then Cole is my 14-year-old. He's an eighth grader at uh, Westfield Middle School. And he also is a competitive rock climber. He just got back last night, around 11.30 last night from Cleveland. He was in the regional championships. Both boys wow. were able to advance and so they'll be competing in the divisional championships coming up. So this is Cole. And Cole also has the best characteristics of both Jeff and I. He has this willpower and mental fortitude. You know, he and I are like this, this born of the same cloth. Like if you tell us not to do something, we're gonna do it twice and take pictures. <laughs> and so, you know, that. that your strong-willed children, you know, that was me, that is Cole. These are the kids who are gonna save the world, right? So, yeah. Um, and you know, he has the heart of his dad that's like the most defining characteristic. We love to talk about Jeff and his heart, and that is Cole, and he has his dad's heart, and he loves really hard, really deep, and his, um, you know, his, his humor, sense of humor and quick wit is Jeff's, and his graciousness, like he's just so grateful for anything that you do for him. I so, love that, I love so that. So thank you for letting me talk about my voice. Yeah, well. <laughs> and um, Evan and Cole, thanks for sharing your mom with us. And I know it's not an easy thing to have your pictures plastered all over a screen, but uh, we really appreciate that. And we're pulling for you guys. Um, and uh, so, and they're also, from what I understand, they're, they're both, are they both being baptized? They are. Next hour. They're both being baptized next hour. And you know, Love I just have to say, like, this has been an emotional week for me, not only just preparing to be here, but just knowing what we've been through and as children what they've carried, the weight of the world on their shoulders and what most children will never have to bear. And still they say, God, you are good. God, I trust you. 
God, I don't understand, but I, I'm all in. Yeah. And, oh, that's just, as a mom, I'm just, I'm so proud. Yeah. I'm so proud. You should be. So. That's amazing. Thank you. So, well, you know, what I want all of you to know is that, you know, Tara's not just like an outside guest speaker. You know, she's family. They've been a part of our church for, yeah. what, six, 16, 16 years? almost 17 years. You know, I was sitting like way up in the balcony with a baby, your very first, could we call it your trial run here, maybe? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I've tried to block it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's been amazing to have, yeah. you, have you here. And I know that Mother's Day can be, you know, a mixed bag of emotions yes. for all of us for a wide variety of reasons. You know, we wanna make sure that we celebrate our moms because they deserve it. And yet I also know at the same time, this is a heavy day for a lot of people, grieving for any number of reasons. And so I know this is the first Mother's Day for you yes. without Jeff. Yes. And so I wanna thank you for sharing it with thank us. You. So talk to us a little bit about like what, what, was, what did Mother's Day mean for you and what was it like for you, you know, prior to Jeff's diagnosis sure. and then now that Jeff is not, no longer here with yeah. us, what's it like? So Evan and Cole were eight and 10 at diagnosis, so they were babies. And you know, traditionally on Mother's Day, we would come to Trader's Point and then, you know, just our traditional brunch together. And I loved getting, you know, my flower pots ready for spring. But I have to be honest, like, you know, moms of moms really do a lot of the work. So my mom would always come over and she's the one who did all the planting. She's the one who took care of, of all the, the flowers for me. But I just enjoyed that process. But, you know, for any major holiday milestone event, our family is really active. So we would spend you know, time either on a long hike, bike ride, run. We just pack the kids. And so that's traditionally how we would spend even Mother's Day. And, you know, I have to say that last year was very, very different for me. I was five years into ALS. And each year I just, you know, put on a smile and hid the pain and just went about the day. And last year was different. We came home from Trader's Point. I went into my room, shut the door, closed the blinds, turned off the lights, and I went to bed. And I was sad. I, was, I felt sorry for myself. I was sad for me. I was sad for Jeff. I was sad for the boys. And I just took time to grieve. And I spent a couple hours. And so I just want to say, if that's you today, take, take the time to grieve. Um, Mother's Day can bring all kinds of emotion you know, from loss of a child, a mom, strained relationships, uh, inability to have a child, and, you know, single moms and even widows. And maybe even you're a mom today that's going through the unimaginable, a life-changing diagnosis yourself. And I just wanna say that I acknowledge that. I think one of the most beautiful things, one of the most beautiful text messages or phone calls that I ever received throughout ALS was someone just saying, hey, Tara, I see you, um, I see your pain, or even I see how hard you're working and I, I know that's difficult. So just that acknowledgement didn't take away the pain, but it helped ease it. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, just wanted to acknowledge that and, and encourage you and hope that you can participate in an activity today that honors what you've been through and, and then grieve if you need to grieve. Yeah, so. that's so good. And it reminds me a lot of like what Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians 12. He says there's this thorn in his flesh. Yes. And he's like asking God, you know, would you please take it away? And um, God says no, or he stays silent on it. And, and then he says, you know, my, my power is made perfect in that weakness. Uh, I love that verse and I hate that verse all at the same time. Right. 
You know, there's that thing where it's like, if I got a thorn in my flesh, I'm like, you know, God, remove it. And you'd want God to remove it. And then he just says, but uh, my power gets displayed in the midst of that weakness. And I think that we see a lot of that, you know, I think even at work, you know, in your life and, and through this season, and uh, allowing God to take something that, I think part of what's so moving about your story is, you know, this kind of news is devastating. And I think all of us, as I was, I'm watching the video, I'm thinking to myself, you know, how would I have responded? How would I have uh, reacted in, in the midst of the, that kind of news? And you allowing God to uh, work in your life in that season. And now you're, uh, I don't wanna say you're beyond it, I just wanna say yeah. you're in a different season right. of that. Yeah, I think, you know, Jeff's, concern was like, my suffering is almost over, and, and your suffering will continue. And, you know, Christ's power being, has been able to be seen all throughout ALS. And I, I think, as a mom throughout ALS, I, I felt inadequate, inadequate as a mom, as a wife, and as a caregiver. And what the Lord taught me was that he wasn't looking for my strength, my natural abilities, or even my bravery, he wanted me to depend on him. Mm-hmm. And this deep and complete dependence on him just led to profound worship and a deeper relationship than we ever would have known mm-hmm. without pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our strengths, you know, God gives us both strengths and weaknesses, but it's our weaknesses that if we give that to him, his power just, I mean, it's absolutely remarkable what he's done throughout ALS. And I, I think so many people have told us, you're the strongest person I know, or I would not have been able to do what you did with your family. Or even looking at Jeff, he became the weakest person I knew, and yet he was the strongest man I've ever known. And that's the power of Christ. Like, there was nothing that we did. It was his power that sustained us. Yeah. And I would, I would imagine when people said that to you, did you feel like the strongest person? Oh, no. Yeah. No. I wouldn't think so. No. But your outlook is inspiring. You know, I know we mentioned it real briefly in the, in the video. We've talked about it individually, especially like the National Parks trip right. in the summer of 2020. 21 National Parks. 21 National Parks. I told you earlier this week, you know, <laughs> summer of 2020, I was at home feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> right. And uh, you're out, you know, uh, you know, hiking Half Dome uh, with your uh, boys and your, and your husband. And that just, a, just is an incredible outlook, I think, to have in the midst of all that. I think when a lot of people, you know, go through really trying circumstances, it's easy to sort of, uh, you know, go the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, maybe lean a little bit more into the, those feelings and emotions that we have of, of weakness. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about you, you, you guys have written a book. We've actually got it available yeah. at all of our campuses. I love the, I love the title, Finish Well. Thank you. So I, you said that's Jeff's handwriting. That's it, Jeff's handwriting. That's so good. Talk to us a little bit about the book, um, like what was the inspiration behind it? Uh, uh, who was it for? How did you guys write yeah. it? So six months after diagnosis, some friends and family gifted us a trip, some time mm. away together. So Jeff and I sat poolside for four days and we just started drafting notes, letters, and even guidance to our boys. And mm. you know, this was just something that we started, wasn't intended to be published. It was meant mm. for two copies, one for Evan, one for Cole. And, you know, we knew that Jeff's presence would be missing from a significant portion of their life. And even as they navigated just some crucial milestones, going through their dating years, marriage, what their responsibility will be as a husband and as a father. And then even just the importance of faith and family 
and their relationship with the Lord. And so, like I mentioned in the video, we didn't want our boys to say, my dad had ALS, and that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's easy to look back on our life and see all that we've accomplished. And we didn't want them to say, you know, my parents are amazing. And we wanted them to see who showed up. We wanted to see them to see who sustained us during our darkest hour. We wanted them to see answered prayers and unanswered prayers, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, and even just the vulnerable, broken moments. Yeah. And, and so that was the, the purpose of the book. And I remember a sermon that you preached years ago, and you Uh-oh. said, Uh-oh. you said something along the lines of when your life is a story that will be told one day, let's make sure it's a story worth telling. Mm. And so that's what we did. Wow. And you know, we wanted to live our life in such a way that this is our life. We don't understand it. Uh, we're hurting deeply, but we wanted to live well, suffer well, and then ultimately to finish well. Yeah, and I love that. I love that phrase. You've mentioned it multiple times. It's obviously in the title of the book. You yes. know, live well, we're all gonna live. We wanna live well. We're all gonna suffer, that's, right. uh, that's just inevitable, so we wanna suffer well, and then we wanna finish well, uh, which it, you know, just comes right out of like, the book of James. And so, as you're in the midst of ALS, talk to us about what that looked like, mm-hmm. and then now that you're in this different season, uh, what does it look like now, you know, to live well, suffer well, finish right. well? So with live well, we first needed to define what it meant to live well within our circumstances. Mm. And Jeff and I had coined this phrase that we actually had printed and hung in our bathroom so that we could look at every single day, and it simply says, was I faithful today Mm. with what I've been given? Mm. And so ALS is what we had been given. And so everyone's gonna be given something different, whether that's abundance or, you know, for us it was ALS. And so how do we live our life now under these circumstances. And, you know, like most families, we worked hard, played hard, went on trips, and those are all really, really good and important things. And when we pour into our children and their sporting events, and, you know, traveling my, with my boys all across the nation, and now hopefully across the world. <laughs> and, you know, even it, just in preparing for this this week, I read the statistic that said, you know, 0.02% of the population will ever play a professional sport, and yet 100% of us will stand before a holy God. And that just really put things into perspective. And so now when I have that perspective, like I'm still going to pursue sports with my children. I'm still gonna follow them around the world, but now I'm looking at it through a different lens and through this, you know, different priorities and perspectives. And so, you know, we, we, there was nothing extraordinary about our life, but we lived the ordinary very, very well. And I think for most of us, we're not gonna be called for anything extraordinary, Mm. but to live faithfully in our circumstances. And so, you know, when we leave this earth, we're gonna leave something behind. We have have no choice. And so we wanted to live in such a way that it had eternal impact. So really focusing on our relationships with our friends, with our family, and most importantly, relationship with the Lord. And so that's what it meant for us to live well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, uh, I think that you probably see, you know, what happened to Jeff as a gift in some aspects from the sense of a 
point of clarity. Right. You know, I had, I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer uh, several years ago, you know, and he was saying, you know, everybody's coming up to me saying, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's just like, look, we're all gonna die. I've just been given a little bit of clarity. Like most of us can't see the edge of the cliff. Right. You know, but you get a diagnosis like this, you can kind of, you can see it and it just make, it puts everything in perspective. Everything in perspective. And so you're not necessarily living life on autopilot. You're being really, really intentional, which is what I hear you saying. Yes. And so, you know, so living well, making the most of every opportunities in front of us, because we're not guaranteed another minute of, of life here. Talk to us a little bit more about, you know, just that idea of like finishing well. Yeah. What's that look like? Well, um, you know, if I could touch on suffer well just before we, we hit into finish well, because like, you know, the, the suffering piece, that's probably one thing that most people don't, don't look at. I mean, who, who, who wants to suffer? And, yeah. and how do you suffer well? And I first wanna say, you know, there are many days we got that wrong. And, you know, we would go to bed at night, kiss each other goodnight with apologies on our lips and our hearts were just shattered by the sheer hardness of the day and we just make a vow to try again in the morning. And if you talk to any family in crisis, they'll tell you a million stories of how they thought they couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Mm. And yet there are beautiful examples that have come as a result of ALS. And it is not lost on me, the life experiences, the travels, the outfit I'm wearing today, you know, afforded to us mm. because of our circumstances. And so it's this joy and pain, right, that, that collides. And just this suffer, the, the aspect of suffering, how do you suffer well? And it's our hope that as people saw how we responded to trial and tragedy, that they saw Christ. As they saw how Jeff and I, our relationship was as husband and wife, and, 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 how, and how you know I was as a caregiver and how he received that, or how our relationship with our, with our children, that they saw Christ. And you know, persevering faith leaves its mark on those around us. And so when a watching world sees that you get a no from God, mm. and yet your faith still remains strong and you still endure to the end, mm. they take note of that. Yeah. And it sends this clear message of hope. And while that doesn't take away your pain, I'm still hurting and I will hurt this side of eternity, Jeff and I decided to look at what does the Bible say about who God is? You know, God is holy, God is just, God is faithful. And then what does the Bible say about his promises? God promises he is near to the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. God promises to be faithful. God promises he hears us when he, we call. He promises there's purpose in our pain. And so we longed to have this faith that wasn't contingent upon our circumstances but based on what we know to be true about our good and faithful Father. And so, if we believe that God is who he says he is, and if we believe the Bible to be true, then we must believe God is writing a better story than we ever could. I mean, I would be a terrible God. I'd be like, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, right? I mean, so, that was our desperate prayer, was like, please take this from us. And we gotta know. Yeah. Yeah. And, but we've seen so much beauty through it. Yeah. And so that was the suffer piece. And then the, the finish well portion, you know, anyone can finish well. And I'm a fitness instructor. And so, and I use this analogy with my clients all the time. My athletes come in and, you know, anyone can put on a pair of shoes, grab a dumbbell, get on a treadmill, put on some boxing gloves and start well. You've got high energy, you're strong, 
Most of us want to be there maybe at the start of the workout, right? But what does it look like the last two minutes when you're tired, when you're weak, when you want to stop? And so it's this this finish. The finish is what's most important. I mean, look at the thief on the cross, right? He had a bad start in life, Mm -hmm. but he finished well. Yeah. And so, you know, one of my favorite verses is is 2 Timothy 4 is, you know, I have fought the fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Yeah. And, you know, that's how we wanted to parent in those circumstances is like, you know, imagining like you are in this race. It's like the race of your life, right? You're coming around the track. Finish line is in sight full sprint. Now, most of us are probably going to be crawling or limping in this world as we make our way to the finish. Yeah. Eyes on the finish, the crown of righteousness awaits. And so that's how we wanted to parent was keeping the end in mind and knowing that when we cross that finish, we receive the crown of righteousness. And yeah. parenting in such a way that maybe we shift and say, what did I do today? Or what did I do this week? Mm. that will matter in eternity. Yeah. And nothing else matters. That's right. That's so good. And I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you using like the, the sports analogies that Paul, I think Paul was an athlete or at yeah. least a wannabe athlete. Right. Because he used so many analogies around that. And there is like a, a marked difference like between working out by yourself and working out with others. <laughs> right. There's always, you know, I think when we're cheering each other on, when you're kind of looking out of the corner of your eye, see what somebody else is kind of doing, it kind of pushes you and prompts you. But I think there's a lot of parallels to that, you know, when it comes to faith Mm -hmm. and just the community of faith. I just want to even say to somebody right now who may be, you know, limping or on your knees or on the sidelines, and a big part of why we gather, you know, every week is to stir each other up, to you know, to say, man, keep going, like, get on your feet, you know, lean on me so you can continue to move. And I think that's a great, you know, I wanna shift gears just a little bit to talk about the role of community in your life, because I know that um, a natural reaction for so many of us, I'd include myself in mm-hmm. this, is that when we're hurting, when we go through crisis, uh, there's, a, there's a very natural reaction that we all have, it's just, it's human, and that is to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear that from people a lot, you know, as we've gone through whatever we've gone through over the last three years, you're going through a personal crisis in your life. You're like, I'm just gonna withdraw. You, you, you stop coming to church or you stop showing up to group or whatever it may be. And so uh, talk a little bit, Tara, about, you know, the role of community in your life and um, how you sought that out. What did it look like during, you know, the, those you know, really intense days of mm-hmm. ALS with Jeff? Yeah. Now, what does it look like now in your life, now sure. that he's gone on to be with the Lord? Yeah, this posture of surrender is, is mm-hmm. very difficult. It's, you know, saying that I can't do this on my own and admitting that. God, I need you. Family, I need you. Friends, I need you. And, you know, I felt like I just had outstretched hands. I had nothing. I had nothing to give but to receive. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the only reason that we're thriving today is because of the generosity of others and not because of anything that I've done Mm -hmm. is really hard. And it's almost like God was taking us by the shoulders and was, you know, like, that's what I do best. Like, this is the gospel story. This is the salvation story. This is a gift, Mm -hmm. but you have to receive it. And I had a really good friend of mine going through terminal cancer at the time, and she just said, hey, Tara, do you have a meal train? Simple meal train. And I said, no, we're one month into diagnosis. I need people for the long haul. And so I didn't want to wear people out. This is going to be a five, six-year battle, perhaps. 
And she said, Tara, I want you to hear something. You're going to lose. Mm. No matter what people do for you, you're still gonna lose. And she said, you're gonna lose your husband. The boys are gonna lose their dad. Let people help. Mm. I didn't cook a meal for five years. Mm. And you know, I, I think for me, if someone brought me something, I felt like I needed to be busy. I, I, for me to sit down and have a conversation with my husband or engaging with my children and somebody's bringing me something, it, it, I was embarrassed by it. I felt like I needed to be busy. Mm. And you know, what I've learned through all of this is I had to let go of control of things that I normally had control over. And you know, having meals come to my home or people running my kids to and from practice cleaning my home, house maintenance, you know, you name it. it those, not being able to do those things didn't make me a bad mom. Mm. I was still a good mom and relying on others didn't change that. It made me a supported mom. And so the more I was supported, I was able to engage with my husband, engage with my kids, and I was able to grieve. I had time to grieve because of others. And, you know, I still need help today. I'm a single mom and I can't do it alone. And so, you know, I think the most important thing I ever heard Jeff say his final week was, Tara, I am not worried about you and the boys. You know, and for a man to say that, you know, someone who's the, the spiritual leader of your home, the financial leader of your home, for him to be able to leave this world knowing he's leaving this world, and he's like, I'm not concerned because I've seen what God can do. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I get worried and nervous and scared, I remember that. Mm. I look back, look at all God has done for us and how he has shown up. And I still need help. I mean, a neighbor called the other day and said, hey, I've got two bags of salt for your water softener. I told Jeff I would take care of you and the boys and, and I meant it. Wow. And you know, we've got a dear family friend who meets Evan every single week and mm. goes to his climbing practice, mentors him, takes him out to dinner. God is still showing up. God is still filling in the gaps. And this book has countless examples of the same. Yeah, I love that. So as you're navigating life, you know, I'm sure you probably never imagined you'd be a single mom. No. So as you're navigating that, how has your perspective changed? You know, I, pain has this way of shaping and refining you. And going through deep suffering you learn to appreciate true joy. So it's this joy and pain. And so now our life is fuller, our relationship stronger, our faith is deeper, all because of brokenness. And so when you have known this deep despair, you learn to value and appreciate hope. So joy and pain and this hope and despair, right? Mm. But this eternal perspective is really what has, has changed for us. And you know, from the beginning, finish well was, was kind of our family motto. And you know, in the throes of ALS, sometimes like, you can be so consumed with how hard things are. We, we couldn't see past our pain. It was so challenging that there were times where Jeff would say, I don't wanna live like this forever. Mm. And, and I had said the same, I don't wanna do this forever. And you know, hindsight is 2020. We're on the other side of that now. And while there's a different form of pain, for sure, it's almost like God was saying, Tara, I wasn't asking you to live this way forever. Mm. I was asking you to endure for today. Mm. 
And that's not to minimize any pain at all, because oftentimes, you know, we can say, you know, pain is temporary, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we wanted to have this eternal mindset. And, and that really solidified for us, you know, I'll never forget Jeff's final moments when his heart stopped beating and mine continued. Mm. And I realized in that moment, it was the greatest day of his life mm. and the worst day of mine. Uh. But I was so thankful that his body was healed from this disease and that he's ultimately where I wanna be mm -hmm. with his heavenly father, right? Yeah. But how often do we think about that? How often do you think about heaven? So before ALS, I would have told you absolutely I want to go to heaven, but that's, you know, after. Like, life is good here. Yeah. My marriage is good. My faith is great. I want to spend time with my children. I want to see my children grow up and have children. I want to see my children have payback for their children, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And the ALS shifted that mindset very, very quickly. I, I'm ready now. But if I could be honest, I, I, like if, if he could come in like two years so I don't have to pay college tuition, like <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, that would be amazing. So, but you know, I, I think the best way I can put this into perspective is, you know, say you come home for Trader's Point today and, and, and we're gonna do, you know, do a new church plant, but it's across the world. Yemen, right? Mm -hmm. So you come home and you tell Lindsay, we're moving to Yemen. So mm -hmm. imagine the moving truck comes, cargo ships are loaded, and you get in the car, you're heading to the airport. And imagine you both look at each other and say, what do you know about Yemen? And imagine you shrugging your shoulders and saying, well, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure out when we get there. Like, mm -hmm. that's absurd. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where you're going to spend the rest of your life, mm -hmm. and you didn't research it. You didn't Google it, mm. you know? And I think that's what we do about heaven. Mm. Like, this is where we're gonna spend millions and millions and millions of years, and we're so focused on this life here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such so. a good word. That's such a good word. Um, you know, as we begin to kind of, you know, wrap up our conversation, I want you to, you know, speak to, uh, maybe in particular, like, if, if there are any women listening to this today and they're grieving, and there could be any number of, re they're in pain, they're in crisis, they're grieving. What word of encouragement would you say to them today? Oh, to moms with a broken heart, I just wanna say, this is not the life you wanted. You did not have in your future plans loss, inability to conceive. You didn't know the love of your life would walk out the door and leave you to parent alone. You didn't know just how hard it would be to parent a child with, you know, just a, a medically fragile child or autism, ADHD, CP. And life is very, very challenging. Perhaps you lost a mom, disease, accident, and I just wanna say that I am so sorry that you are loved, you are adored, and you are not alone, although you most definitely feel that way. And if I could just offer a few pieces of advice, it would be one, you know, take time to grieve. Say all of your it's not fairs because it's not, and then wash your face and live well. Number two would be ask for help. 
God never sent anyone out on a solo mission. We need each other, so ask for help. I would also say be gentle with yourself. Give yourself grace, you're grieving. And so really be kind to yourself, especially in this season. Don't do this alone. I would say get together with other people who have similar circumstances, and even if not, you know, someone who can say me too, but even if it's not that, just someone who can sit with you in your pain and show empathy and kindness and compassion. And then finally, listen for God's voice because he's listening, he wants you to rely on him. And keep your eyes on the finish and finish well. I love that, thank you so much, I appreciate that. Um, well, Tara, I, I can't believe our time's already up. That, that went by like so fast. And so I just wanna thank you for being willing to just be so vulnerable to share your story with us and just encourage us in this way. I think the uh, ripple effects of this conversation I think are gonna uh, be really significant for so many people for such a long time. So thank you for thank that. You. Can we give it up for Tara one more time? Thank just you. appreciate thank that. You. And. Um, we, uh, yeah, oh, so we oh see that, we see that. Wow. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have limited numbers of copies of these at every campus, so, so grab one of these on your way out. Um, uh, Tara has, I know at each of our campuses, uh, you don't have the opportunity to be there physically with them, but our campus pastors will be there. There'll be people to pray with you, meet with you. Here at Northwest, Tara's just agreed just to uh, be down front, just to be available. And so if there's anybody that would like to speak with her, pray with her, she, she'll be down front uh, for a period of time between services. Uh, Tara, would you yeah. uh, do us the honor of just uh, praying for us yeah, today? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Father, we love you. You are so, so good. God, it doesn't mean that we won't go through pain in this life. In fact, you told us we will have pain in this world, but we surrender to you. God, please help us to know that this is not our final story. And to the women who are hurting, Lord, would you please draw near? Would you bring other people into their life to help carry their burdens? And may they know that they are not a burden. They have a burden. Mm. And by definition, burdens are heavy. Mm. And they need help. God, for all of us, keep our eyes on the finish. Eternity is right in front of us. Help us to live well, to suffer well, and to finish well for your glory. God, we are so excited for heaven, and until then, we are called to be ambassadors of your kingdom. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, you guys, have a great Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, enjoy the day, and we will see you here uh, next weekend as we kick off a new series. Have a great day.